everybody. I'm Bob. I'm Jake. And we are Nailed at the Podcast. Episode four. Yeah. Yay. Episode four. <laughs> I, it took We've me now, a second to remember what episode we were on. It's because it's been a we while. have terrible, terrible, terrible planning skills. We <laughs> never get any of this done when we want to. But here we are doing episode four. Uh, what's been up, my man? Uh, I mean, a l- quite a bit between you and I. Uh, you Indeed. know, you've been doing a lot more traveling than I have. I've been doing some more recordings right. uh, in uh, recent times. That's true. Indeed, we uh, last our last episode, which seems like it was last year, wasn't, folks. It was like beginning of April. <laughs> but uh, Jake had said he was working on some original material, which is progressing i've i've heard some of the uh the tracks and in fact he sent me something that i might actually hopefully be able to finish some stuff and we can do something together but yeah we're getting there we're getting there that was that was a fun track that uh i didn't really intend on writing but i uh because i have i purchased the um the bias positive grid uh plug-in and i was just you know going through and um playing around with different bass tones and I had found this one that was supposed to mimic Royal Blood with that like oh yeah almost synthy double guitar which I definitely hear and um I just randomly started playing this that intro that's on the uh, in the beginning of the song the on the bass and I was like you know what I'm I'm just going to see where this goes and just started writing more and more into it and then it became what i had sent you then right after i wrote it which i love that you just throw uh i don't know if i'm gonna do this too here's a complete song (laughs) which i've been trying and we've discussed many times off air and i just don't write enough and yeah just felt i had some things which i gave to you i have some thoughts yeah i think we have a theme for it i I like the idea that it's going we just have to get there but in the meantime i was busy and you moved on to well rehashing I don't want to say rehashing. That sounds like you're just going after, oh, I just got this stuff that I don't feel like doing anything else. It, you were reworking old stuff from your younger days, which were like yesterday. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've heard some of those tracks, and I think they are they sound pretty awesome. I have not heard the originals, but I definitely like what I hear. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so this, uh, this new EP I'm working on, uh, I'm entitling it Shoes to Fill, which was the name of my original band. Ah, and okay. um, so we had written all these songs and every like we played out a ton when we started out and uh, I had left the band due to, you know, other creative differences and such. Happens. And um, I never got to play those songs again. And I always loved playing the songs that we had written. And then we also had ones that we had never finished. And so with this project, I wanted to go back and revisit these songs that we wrote that I loved so much and actually record them the way I, I, I don't want to make it sound that like selfish kind of feel, but I wanted them to sound the way I wanted them to sound. Right. No, that's understandable. Um, because we, we wrote these songs and all of us came from different backgrounds of influence. Uh, one being a, and this isn't to bash any of the bands that they're influenced from, but you'll you'll hear the differences where uh, one was a gigantic Foo Fighters fan. One was a... Uh, absolutely. Uh, one was a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Respect. Respect. <laughs> uh, one was a huge fan of people like John Mayer. And then... You, 
respect. <laughs> and then you had me, who was the metalhead. Right. Where my influences didn't mesh as well with some of the ideas that were coming through. And, like, I'll, I'll play you some of the original things where you can hear my little, like, heavy influences where... That, that are in the originals, but then with these new ones, it has a very much more metal feel to it, a hard rock feel to it. Well, that's, I mean, I definitely, that's, I've heard these yeah. versions, so yeah. But that tracks, that sounds like, it to me, it sounds like something you would write. Yeah. So, I mean, it's sometimes it's nice to go back to, well, we just, before we start recording, Jake had noticed back on the wall here behind him, it's hard to see. That, uh, oh, yeah, right that is a set list from my very first show, many Many years ago. In fact, it would uh, it was uh, 20, 21 years ago in November was my first gig. Oh, yeah, yeah. 22 years this year. Uh, my first public in the bar playing covers and originals type gig. And there, there's a song on there that I've tried to kind of redo for years, but I just, uh, you know, you, you go back to the well when you think it's a good idea. Yeah. You know? Do you, what, what was the venue? The Wheelie Bar in York, PA, which no longer exists. It's a consignment shop. Um, <laughs> that first band, I'm pretty sure we played there every weekend. We opened up for someone, like, oh, we just took the shows. Yeah. Felt like the house band there, except nobody liked us. <laughs> um, weird, uh, weird crowd. I had a lot of good times in the Wheelie Bar, but um, back in the day, that was just one of the places in New York you played. It yeah. Just, if you wanted to play rock music, you were playing the Wheelie Bar if you wanted to play at all. Yeah. Uh, first show for me was with this band, Shoes to Fill, and it was at The Champ. In, oh, Le- in Lemoyne, the champ, and we were opening up for Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. Now, I that face you're making, totally warranted because I also had no idea who these guys were. But we like we you know we did our research and they had a bit of a following, and um, there's more to this story then. But um, the set list that we played that night, I'm almost positive we only really had two to three originals. The rest were covers. The four covers I remember playing were Little Black Submarines. Oh, okay. Uh, Danny California. <laughs> Shock Me by Kiss. That was a me pick. <laughs> I'm shocked. Huh? Ah! <laughs> He's got jokes. I got jokes for days. Um, and then we finished with Everlong. Good choice. All great songs. As like standalone songs, I don't think they meshed completely. Not in a seven song set or whatever. Eight yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and we had, like I said, two or three originals right. that we had played because that's all we wrote at that point. And um, we put so we played this show, and then this was actually fairly recent. Like fast forward to maybe about, you know, I'd I'd say I'd say probably about almost a year ago. Uh, I'm playing a show at um, West York Inn. And I'm talking to my bass player at the time. Uh, this was with Light the Lamp. And um, we were talking about, you know, our first gigs and everything. And I had said about, you know, we opened up for Maylene and the Sons of, Sons of Disaster. And he lost it. He was like, you opened up for Maylene? Like, he was a diehard Maylene and the Sons of Disasters fan. And you didn't know there were... Die Hard, Maylene. No, I didn't. And like he was like, "Oh man, those are, like those guys are awesome. We go all the time." Well, I mean, 
obviously not we don't know every band yeah but i thought that was kind of interesting yeah interesting it's the full circle thing we're all connected locally even you know counties apart oh yeah we always end up somehow connected especially around the york harrisburg area oh yeah everybody always seems to be lancaster too the more the longer you play the more lucky you're gonna go oh i played with him oh i used to you know i I roommate i was that was my roommate in college or Mm -hmm. you know you just weird things you don't know had that happen Tons of time. I play with guys now that knew guys that were in a band I used to be. Like, oh, it's because we went to music school together. I'm like, <laughs> one of those, hey, hey, you're playing with this guy. I'm like, yeah, how do you know him? Yeah. Uh, so it, it happens. It's That's kind of cool. Well, it's kind of cool that it comes around. That was a very similar thing was with Shoes to Fill was, um, like, I had joined that band when I was a sophomore, when I was a sophomore in high school. And... I was talking to the drummer, and for the longest time, I'd be looking at him, and I was like, you know, you look really familiar. And here to discover, we went to elementary school together, but he left right after, like, third grade, and I hadn't seen him since. I have a weirdly similar story about a friend of mine uh, going up, coming up through middle school and, and high school, an art buddy, not music. Um, he does theater now. <laughs> he decided in his 40s to start doing theater with his son who was doing theater local. He does Lebanon. Big oh, really? Theater, yeah. Yeah, I saw him about two years ago do a Little Shop of Horrors. It was, oh, okay. Um, it was hilariously good. I, n- I actually had never been to a musical. Really? So seeing it on a low level like that and all the, that they put all, you know, he painted all this, half the sets and so yeah. that's the kind of guy he is. But he, uh, we went to, we were in first grade together, kindergarten, first grade, and then I moved. Yeah. Um, that's when I still live in Ephrata and I moved and then I come fifth grade where I don't know how it got on the subject, but he had moved in and. We became friends. It probably took us a solid year. And his mother, I think, was the one who was like, you know, you went to school with him over at Lincoln. He's like, shut up. So we dug out, like, you know, you used to take the class photos. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, it, it dawned on us that we, we had gone to school together. We didn't know each other as first graders very well. We're your kids. Yeah. Then we ended up being, I mean, we're still, I mean, I guess technically lifelong friends. I still I still keep up with him. I just don't see him as much because, you know, you move away from people and that's how it goes. But And uh, another, you, you were saying about how, like, this person is this person through the music scene. My drummer's brother was also a drummer. Oh. To come to discover, he was a drummer for Hot and Dangerous. <laughs> so you have a connection to Hot and Dangerous, like Kevin Bacon what? style, Seven yeah. Seven Degrees. What was it, it? Seven Degrees, Kevin Bacon? That's an old old game, but I don't remember. Uh, So he was a drummer for Hot and Dangerous for a point in time, but then he was also a drummer for Colt Wilbur. Oh. Uh, And then he since had gone on to you know do other... Like pursue other interests and things like that. I think he still drums. I don't remember entirely, but um, but yeah, that little connection of like you know we were in this band back to hot and dangerous somehow. Yeah, somehow they'll make their way into every episode. Yeah, that's well because we can't seem to get them to show up for an interview. <laughs> um, Ooh, yeah, I'm saying it. <laughs> you know who you are. As they're. As she, one of them is texting me. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of that does revolve around your girlfriend not being in this part of the state most yeah, of the time. Yeah, I know. And also, Erica and Ray never leaving their house. <laughs> uh, but we'll get there. I would really love, they. I would love for them to be one of our first. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, not only band interviews, but maybe even mobile interviews. Yeah. Um, Like, go to one of their gigs and then talk to them, but... It's so hard, and that's my fault more than anything. Whenever they play, I 
have a show. I even we were even talking about that um, last week. Yeah, last week when they played at Harrisburg Arts Fest. Right. Um, I had come to that, and after the show, you know, Erica had come up to me saying that like she loves listening to the show, and you know, Ray had said the same thing. People and like us. Our both of them were like, like we're like, we got to figure out a date. Like we want to we want to do an episode with you guys. And like, so they're all for it. We just got to perhaps make- since they keep a pretty regular practice schedule. If Lauren happens to be home. Yeah. It might be a while now because she's finishing out her, her like break for a while. Yeah. But perhaps on a Wednesday night, we go to their practice room and yeah. record episode five at that point. Probably three months from now. <laughs> three months from now. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'd love to do get us into some mobile interviewing yeah like we go to shows and we talk to people and you know i i think that would be fun i think you and i would do very well at that that we certainly have no problem talking to each other about everything oh, and we yeah. know these people and maybe we could just start doing that at for bands that we don't know yeah uh we run back into the when exactly are we going to do that who knows bob's pretty busy this summer well that's almost like an idea i had had um jeez this has got to be almost a Two years, <laughs> two years old now. Looking I for sponsors, sir. <laughs> Nailed it. The podcast sponsored by Modelo. Oh God, <laughs> I will read all their ad copy. <laughs> Please, just uh, let us say you don't have to pay us. Uh, this idea I had had about, I'd say about two years ago, and I, I, I want to say I had brought it up to Lauren or my brother or somebody, but um, anybody who's a guitar player or a musician goes on YouTube and has more than likely watched uh, rig rundown videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. From, Some con- from someone, anyone, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think the main one I normally see is Premier Guitar that we, does them. I, we had a guy who did, uh, who was doing that as a web, a local web show kind of thing. Oh, really? He came to one of our shows and fell from zero, one of my other bands, one of my other 20 bands, um, and did a rundown on, on my guitar player, Don's Rig. Okay. Um, see, that was the idea I had had, because I at the time I didn't know that if anyone was doing that or uh, something in that vein. Oh, there's people doing it locally. I don't believe there is. That's what I wanted to do was I wanted to do something called the 717 rundown. And trademark. Yeah. And it's basically that where we go to like, let's just say for an example, Lindhurst is playing at love drafts. Right. And um, we would go, and basically get the rig rundown of Tim, uh, Ed, and Kevin. And then, you know, if we if we want to move into other ventures such as drums, we can go and talk to Mark about his kit. Right. But things like that. But just for the local scene. That would be actually excellent. So um, maybe maybe in the future that, that could that be something. A, yeah, that could be uh, that could be something else. Entirely, that could be under a whole no, a whole new world. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be an, doing a rig rundown would be a pretty cool thing as a separate thing. Um, that could be done after at any show. You know, we, yeah. We could you could tandem that. Hey, we're gonna come to your show, watch your show. We're gonna talk about it on the podcast. We're gonna interview a little bit. Yeah. While we're here, Jake wants to run down your rig too for for another thing. For seven one seven rundown. That would um, be cool. Yeah, th- I've I've had that idea for the longest time and I've never really pursued it. Well, let's just let's just get it done. We talked about this for a while. Yeah, and man. what it and didn't know what it was going to be, and we just did it. Yeah. Now we only do it three times a year, but <laughs> it's like nailed it shows. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> well, 
Oh my god, I never really think about it. Yeah, our podcast runs the same as our t- together shows uh, three times a year. But funny enough, we are playing tonight. We are. We are. Uh, I, last minute, this was supposed to be a Jake gig, and uh, my gig with Ghostlight Radio Show got unceremoniously rescheduled, uh, <laughs> canceled for the night, and uh, I thought, hey, I'm going to ask Jake if he uh, wants some uh, company tonight, because I'm just a musical whore. And I absolutely... Well, I will never say no to having company while playing, especially when it's like the two of us playing. Right. Even if it's like me and Dave, like if Dave would be like, "Hey, ah, uh, Dave," <laughs> uh, or Ken, we got to get whatever. We got to get David on here sometime. We do. We need, we uh, need Dave and on Ken. Here. We should have a group meeting one night. We should. Uh, I saw Ken today. He actually said, "I might show up my little cajon box." I said, "Well, don't show up tonight." I said, "Cause Falls is pretty small, and it's two of us." Falls. I said, "But if you want to show up on our next gig, which is Sunday afternoon." Yeah, at the Ripped Rabbit in uh, York, we. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Former Banana Max. For some people, who are not sure what the Ripped Rabbit is. Uh, the it's actually the former Fat Daddy's owners who took that over and renamed it uh, a year ago or so, I believe. Uh, but they started doing Sunday Fun Day again out in their big open patio, and uh, I went through some doing some help for the booking with that um, with my booking company, and ended up booking the entire summer of Sundays <laughs> for in like two days because I just know people, but. Jake and I are playing Sunday from 4 to 7 if you'd like to join us. Uh, and Ed Allison's there. Ed is there the following week. The following week. Ed I is d- there the 11th. I saw him on the uh, like the list of people yeah. right after us. Previously, they started a couple weeks ago as my two friends, uh, Dan and Dave. They call themselves the Double Ds. Uh, they had just started. They've been playing for years. I was in a band with them for a short time, and they had just started doing acoustic stuff. And yeah. we're looking. And just so happens that maybe a month before she, that Lauren at Rick Rabbit got a hold of me, they were like, hey, if you know of any places you can shoot our way, we're, you know, we're starting a book. Hey, you guys want a couple dates? And they're like, yeah. And they did the first one. And by accounts from them, they had a really good crowd. I had a show, so I couldn't go. Yeah. Um, they had a really great crowd and a really good turnout. So, and last uh, week for the holiday was my friend Chris Sheeler. Uh, Chris has been doing... Chris was in a band that I went to see before I started. Like he was, that's how I met a lot of the guys that I ended up eventually playing with. So he's been doing original stuff and doing a lot more acoustic stuff since uh, COVID lifted some restrictions. He was, he was homebound. He was doing a lot of web shows. And so he did the Memorial day holiday and he said it went pretty well. um, Considering it was a holiday weekend. He had a good time. He's glad he got to do it. So we're next up. That's us this weekend. Ed's next weekend. A lot of good acts coming up. Our, our, Friend and bandmate Dave. Dave's actually doing a solo uh, afternoon because I guess he wanted to do one by himself. He's where's that at? Same place. Oh, is he? He's there? got the 25th of June. He's playing that Sunday on okay. his own. In between there, I honestly can't remember, but I've booked some some friends from out of town. Uh, uh, Shine through the shades, playing two guys I know that would have been or, and still are technically a band called Adrian Blitzer for God longer than I've been playing out. Andy and Kevin, and uh, Kevin also does a side thing with his wife called Date Night. They're going to okay. do a couple shows. Tried to bring in some people from out of, just out, not like all out in of the York. area. Um, of course, our friends Sarah and Lane are doing. Oh, are they? They're doing one, the end in September, I believe, is the only thing I had left open until everything filled up quick. Okay. Um, they're actually playing right now. Uh, right this second? Yep, right this very minute in uh, Lancaster. If you knew what the time was when this <laughs> airs, but we won't tell you. Yeah, they... Uh, They've they've done it a bunch. I Lauren and I went and watched them the one time. I think it was last summer. Uh, they do like the first Friday or whatever. Yeah, this would be the first Friday. Yeah, first Fridays. They do the first Fridays in Lancaster, downtown Lancaster. Oh, and um, 
I saw a picture that I believe they posted from their band page, which is and also by in case anybody doesn't know, we didn't mention it yet. Um, and I saw that was her and Lane, and I saw a drummer sitting there too. Okay, so they do like a three, like a three. When they when they do the like the first Friday stuff, they'll do a three piece thing where Sarah will occasionally play acoustic and sing. Uh, Lane plays guitar, and you know he'll every so often pop up on a vocal. Uh, and then Phoenix, their drummer. Cool. Uh, I know something about being in a three-piece with just some <laughs> guitars and a drums, and it does. it's unique sometimes, especially with acoustic stuff. Oh, it, yeah. It makes a total difference. And I didn't 100% believe it when I signed up for it, but uh, here I am a decade later. So. But speaking of and also by, I uh, recently had the pleasure of going to see them play. Yeah, I unfortunately could not make that show, but you uh, took some fantastic photos again. Well, thank you. Uh, that was at the underground in, um, Camp Hill, Camp Hill. I always want to say Carlisle, but, uh, Camp Hill. And it was them opening up for a band called Dragon Fruit. Mm, Not familiar. I'm also not familiar, but, um, you know, being very good friends with the, the entire crew of and also by, right. Um, yes, we've all had some drinks together (laughs) in this very home. Very true. We have had. A few. Uh, a few. <laughs> Empty bottles of whiskey say more than a few, sir. Uh, so we went to go check them out, and uh, stellar performance, as usual, from that band. I've like I've seen them I have two or three times now. I have not seen them yet. You have not seen I've them? I've only yet? seen her sing with you at our acoustic gig around oh, Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've We're... seen videos, but I yeah. have not actually had the chance to see them live yet. They are... Very fun to see live. I'd like to get them on the show, too. Absolutely. I say this about every single band we bring up. We'd like to bring them on the show, but we'd have to have a show first. Uh, <laughs> um, but I had Lauren and I had gotten there, and this was the same night or the same day as uh, Hot and Dangerous playing at Arts Fest. Right, right. So we went to, or I went there to see Hot and Dangerous play. You, we, you know, we walked around Arts Fest for a bit, and afterwards we then went up to the underground to go check them out. And I've seen Hot and... Not Hot and Danger, sorry. Um, and, and Also, also by. by. Thank you. I've seen And Also By now, I want to say two or three... Uh, twi- twice as a full band, and then once as the... Three-piece. Uh, as the three-piece. Uh, their first show was actually with Light the Lamp. Oh. Um, at Love Drafts. It was... Oh, Love Drafts. It was, uh, and also by a band called Biff, Decipher Life, and Light the Lamp, which uh, was kind of an oddball lineup. It, like the, it, I would say that for and also by, not to bring them down in any way possible. They are a phenomenal band. I love every one of them. Their music is fantastic, um, and we wanted to get them on a show to get them their first gig. Right. Um, because we knew how good of a band they were. And uh, they killed it. Absolutely. And, you know, Sarah's a phenomenal vocalist. She certainly is. Lane can play a killer guitar. Absolutely. Bobby L- can hold it down on rhythm. Uh, Tim, their bass player, f- phenomenal bass player. He also wears the coolest sunglasses when he plays. <laughs> um, and then Phoenix, their drummer, who... Is always a fantastic time to watch. Oh, that's I'm yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. I just haven't again 
busy band schedule, busy life schedule, it uh, makes it hard for me to see any of my friends play anymore because yeah. I'm not ever available. I mean, I'm again, I've mentioned probably three episodes straight, now four, how busy my summer is. And like tonight, I got a cancellation. I could just be relaxing. No, we're going to record a podcast and we're going to go off and play a show for a few hours. And Absolutely. you know what? I love it. I do like when we get a chance to play together too because it's... It has been a while since it's just been the two of us. And it's nice to just go back and forth or play the, hey, I uh, learned this, quote unquote, learned this song last week because someone asked for it. We should play it again. Yeah. And sometimes that's the best time in the world, you know? Yeah. I love telling people, throw some money in that tip jar. I'll play you anything. Oh, yeah. I love when people ask, like, uh, what what band, because I always get the, how many bands are you in right now? And at the moment, it's really just nailed Right. It. Your original stuff is what it is, yeah. but that's that's not as all-encompassing as being in a band. Yeah. Right. And so when I talk about Nailed It, and they're like, oh, what's Nailed It? And I was like, so first off, we're an acoustic band that does covers, and we don't rehearse. And I, when I say that, oh, I love the faces. Maybe that should be our like tagline. I never really thought about it that way. We're a band that doesn't rehearse. A <laughs> band that doesn't rehearse, but we'll play anything you ask. Absolutely. We'll and, play a version of anything you ask. Oh, yeah. And, like, as soon as I say that, people are like, what? Like, what do you mean you don't rehearse? And so then I explain the the concept a bit, and they're like, that's actually really cool. And then everyone... It is cool. It is cool. We are a cool band. We're cool (laughs) dudes, man. We really are. But, um, yeah, I love to explain the concept of the band to people. It's it's interesting, and it's it's harder now for me that people that don't know it when they ask you about it, because there's a lot of people now that know me just from Ghostlight. Yeah. And Ghostlight Radio Show, which, by the way, I do want to point out, uh, that band, and I've been in the band now going on, this is my second full year as a member. In I was going to say, yeah, you've been in there. Um, but the band, been. as of two days ago, today is June 2nd as we're recording, on May 31st, that was the 10th anniversary of their very first show as a band. Really? They performed their first show on May 31st, 2013. Wow. Um, and like the old men that we are, we talked about it before our shows last weekend at the beach, and we never once mentioned it to the crowd either night. So that was supposed to be our 10th anniversary weekend. We had such a good, awesome time down there in Rehoboth that we just didn't tell anyone. And I thought, I'll bring it up tonight at our show, which was supposed to be a private fundraising event. So maybe next week when we play three shows in a row, I'll remember to mention it to someone, but we'll see. <laughs> but that's a pretty big milestone for any band, especially with COVID and a couple of guys who... You know, Andy and Doug, the drummer and the bass player, are original members, and they are, well, they got, Andy's got 18 years on me. Yeah. You know, they're in their 60, early 60s, mid-60s. They love playing out, but to hold a band together that long through COVID, yeah. when they did take a year off, they didn't play, but they never broke up. Right. Um, that's pretty impressive, um, which is funny because nailed it in our previous incarnation. We started out, we called ourselves <laughs> CNX Friday. Right. And... We started that band in January of 2013, I believe. Okay. So we should be 10 years together now, or maybe it's nine years. Maybe it was 2014. But, I mean, we're pretty close that it stayed, that Ken and I are still going on. We brought Dave on, our friend BJ. Yeah. Um, And eventually nailed it was rolled into the name because that was Dave and I performing together. And we're like, okay. why are we doing two separate bands for the same songs that have sometimes us and sometimes all four of us? Right. So and actually, I just think it works better. And look, it's become a podcast. And I will always remember the first time I saw you guys play, <laughs> and, and the first time I saw Nailed It play was we were on the same bill together. 
at the at Lauren's birthday party. Oh, at, at, the, uh, at the Kilgore at the Kilgore compound, Camp Kilgore, yeah, yeah. Um, because it was you guys, Hot and Dangerous, and then my band at the time on the rocks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I remember watching you guys. I was like, they look like they're having fun. Oh, that's all. That's what we do. Um, and although the unfortunate passing of BJ and we do miss him to this day, mm-hmm. um, it did create an opening that I'm glad that you were the one that we could find to fill it, because it would have been us playing without him. It would it would have been a, a it, it, an open space. Yeah, it would have been an open space. We would have tried to do, but it 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 never felt right as a three piece, right? Unless it was like an emergency or something. Yeah. Um, and I it, for me, it was the right choice, and clearly Dave and Ken felt the same way. So, well, you fit in. Well, I'm glad. I wasn't I'm... just gonna that as as you've been pointing out to people the kind of band it is. It's not something you go find. You're not looking for a gun for hire. You know, Slash right. isn't gonna come by to play. It nailed it shows. You know what right. I mean? It had to be the right atmosphere, the right mentality and personality, and that's you. And the skill level. You can play stuff that I can or Dave can't, and that's what also BJ was good at. Yeah. BJ would have played anything. He just hated everything. <laughs> so, And that's why we were good friends. Uh, yeah, 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 I'll play it, but... Uh, it was it was funny that uh, when you had said about, you know, the ghost light 10-year anniversary thing. So you want to know something that's going to make you feel old? <laughs> Uh, tell me what you were doing in May of 2013, Jake. No, so, uh, it was this past February. I had just quote unquote, if you want to call it celebrated, uh, the first time I ever played in front of a crowd was 10 years ago in February. Yeah. (laughs) I, you were, I would have been 15. 15. I was 15. Playing in a bar, I I wasn't allowed in, but they, because I was with the band, they let me in. Oh, it was uh, it, it was at a at a bar in downtown Lebanon, and uh, what bar? You remember I'm from there, so <laughs> it was the downtown Town lounge. lounge. <laughs> I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> it was in the back, uh huh, and um, it was for so it was for my uh my classmate's grandfather. <laughs> was celebrating his his birthday. I forget how old he was turning. So he brought a bunch of teenagers into a bar. At, uh... Well, so what had happened was <laughs> one of his favorite musicians, who was a very close friend of mine, his name's Chaz DiPaolo, phenomenal blues player. He's in the uh, New York Blues Hall of Fame. Oh. Um, oh, just casually name-dropping people <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Great. Um, no, he's a fantastic. Like, I, I could never say a bad thing about Chaz. One of my dearest friends. Um Next time he plays around here, we'll have to go. Oh, we should. Um, but uh, he was playing like he was the band playing that night, and he was gonna bring me and her, me, me and our my classmate, right, up to play for her grandfather. And I, initially, I thought it was gonna be me going up playing with Chaz while he played guitar, I play rhythm, and she sings. That was not the case. Um. It was then decided, I think it was like like a couple of days prior, that we were gonna that he was gonna take a break and then I was gonna play guitar and she was gonna sing and it was just gonna be me, a bassist, a drummer, and her. Right. And um we then went into Sharp Dressed Man, basically. <laughs> that was the song we had played. And um that was the very first time I had ever played in front of a crowd and it was in a bar full of people and I'd have to find the video to show it to you because there is video please, of this. Please do. And 
I look so stiff and so nervous. I'm standing there. I look like Mick Mars. <laughs> Which I know you love. Absolutely. He's the main reason I play guitar. Um, but I, like, you can tell towards the very end, I'm starting to loosen up and move around just a bit. We all get there. And And you know me now, the way I perform and play was very much not what I did in the Well, you got to find it. And I, I, I went through the same thing. My first gig, I and for probably the first two years I sang, my left arm was pinned to my chest, mid really? to my chest, with the mic cable wrapped around that arm, and I was holding with my right, and I just didn't have a whole lot of mood. I didn't know what to do. That's you know, that was I was I didn't have like I watched friends of mine that I kind of looked up to to get into the scene, but I, I wasn't like trying to emulate anyone, which maybe I should have been. Right. But we had to all had to find a way, and I I still don't think I'm a dynamic frontman when I don't have my mic in my hand. Or, you know, especially now that I play guitar, I'm stuck at a, I'm stuck singing all the time at a microphone. Right. You can't do a lot of physical movement when you're singing all the time. It's not like when you're playing rhythm or doing, you know, or playing leads. You know, you're not. You can move around and be. It's not the same. But I also think that it's something. All of it's something you grow into. Yeah. Well, that's how it felt for me when I became the front man for Light the Lamp, because I had gone years being used to playing and singing at the same time, being a front man that played guitar and sang. Right. I did that in Shoes to Fill. I did it in On the Rocks. I kind of did it in Transylvania. Like, I did it through all these other bands, and then when I joined Light the Lamp, and they're like, no, we just need a front man to sing. That's where the concept of the hockey stick mic, mic stand came from, was it gave me something to hold. A prop. Yeah, it, it gave, gave me a prop. And, I also like I'm big on the theatrics. Well, yeah, so. yeah, clearly, and that that carries over. That that makes sense. But having some sort of stage prop like that, yeah. Um, I was always weird about having my microphone stand in the way. Like I wanted it out of the way. Really? Um, and I use it now for sure. I I know there's songs. Mostly, it fell from zero. Is the only band I I'm in that I don't like as as a some semi regular that I don't play guitar in so i know there's certain songs you know for instance we do chevelle we cover the red by chevelle i do that song on mic stand because i can emote better and do different things um judith by perfect circle that's always in the mic stand because there's something about singing that song and finding a flow to it but then there's stuff like i do sober tool most of the song I have the mic stand, as it gets really going towards the end, I pull the mic off the stand and I finish the song out. Yeah. I do that with uh, So Cold from Breaking Ben, too. Whenever okay. I do that, same thing. Most of that song on the mic stand, it's that got that vibe, yeah. but it gets to the end where it, the breakdown comes off and then I'm going to perform a little. You find ways to do it. But if you'd asked 20 years ago Bob to do that, I'd be like, no, I'll just hold this mic right here. I still, like, and... Even to this day, I still am trying to, in the scenarios that I have it, get used to playing with a wireless microphone. And this is referring back to last weekend when we would sit in with Phys Ed. Yes. And oh, we can talk about that here in a bit, too. Oh, yeah, because that's going to be fun. Yep. Um, The moment I realized it, that I wasn't used to it was um when we went up, when we went up and did the chain and then... When I came back for the finale, when it was you and me both singing, and I had a cabled mic, yeah. oh my god, I didn't realize how much I 
fiddle with the cable. Yep. And I I have the tendency of wrapping the, my hand around the yep. cable. We all I, do it. I think I also do that because I've seen other people like I think initially I saw Sebastian Bach do it in a Skid Row video. Right. And so you it's I pulled from that and that's also just a habit thing of me to hold something in my hand. Yeah, I I I prefer wireless. When I finally had enough money to buy myself a wireless mic, yeah, all those years ago, I was like, ah, oh, sweet Jesus. I love the freedom of wireless. I don't do it now when I'm playing because there's no point if I'm playing guitar having a wireless mic. It's just it's pointless to bring that rig out and burn a battery for no right. reason. But when I'm doing fell from zero gigs or the next to nothing gigs that come up, um, when our our newest project we're going to talk about here in a minute gets off the ground, that kind of thing. I'm going to have my wireless because I'm not going to be tied down to something. There's right. too much movement involved, but it's it's not as necessary. I used to take them to acoustic shows. When Dave and I would play, yeah. I'd have two wireless mics along. Oh, it's less to hook up. It also costs money. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like I'm, I'm going to Dallas. I should put my white shoes on and go mow the lawn, but it it costs. Batteries are expensive. Yeah. And even rechar- rechargeables don't work well in wireless gear. They burn out pretty quick, at least microphones. Yeah. They seem to work for guitar packs and stuff, but wireless microphones and in-ears hate. Like, you're lucky if you get through a show without them dying. Really? So, I, uh, well, at least that was the case. Some of my stuff's older now, so that makes sense. You know, the in-ears I use now are all digital and rechargeable. And I can get two shows out of them before they die because mm-hmm. I forget to plug them in a lot of times. Yeah. Um. I mean, the technology's changing, but I don't like the idea of having a microphone. My big thing when I was younger and starting out was being afraid of tripping over it, the cable. Okay. I had a fear of getting tangled up in the mic cable because they're walking around. So I think that's part of the reason I wrapped it up with the slack and kept it pinned to me, and yeah. also just pure fear, I guess. Not knowing it. I've I've been, I've honestly, and I probably talked about this already, I've only been like nervous, like butterflies in the stomach kind of nervous, mm-hmm. twice in my entire time. I saw, and not my first show. My third gig ever, I was nervous because the room was packed. Okay. And I didn't get scared like, oh God, what's going on? I had that like, this is the co- coolest thing ever was a next to nothing gig when we played the Queen in, uh, in Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware. It's a big, cool venue. Yeah. And when we came out and saw all those people out there, I had that like, Holy shit! They think we're rock stars. We're we're just copying somebody's shit right now. But thank you. I've had that feeling. I w- I'd say about two three times. The first time was when I played downtown. Lounge well, I, if I if I'd have started when I was that age when I was fifteen, I probably would have had a different. You know, I didn't do my first gig till I was twenty five. So, uh, other time was at the Champ when I did my first show with Shoes to Fill because that was the gap in time from when I played. With oh, uh, uh, at Downtown Lounge when I was 15 to my first gig at Shoes to Fill when I was a sophomore in high school. There was a big gap there in right. time. And uh, then lastly was this past December when we played at XL, for the, when I played XL for the very first time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you can't see my eyes squinting at him in disgust, folks, but... I tried forever to play in that very awesome venue, and it's just not doesn't seem to ever be happening. So I'm going to move on from it. I'm um, too old for this shit. But yeah, that that very first time with the uh, light. Well, it was the first and only time I've ever played at XL. Um, when it was with Light the Lamp for a charity benefit, it was us observed the ninety third, belt side out, and uh, defiant. And I will never forget. Being behind the curtain at the steps that go up to the stage, 
And the way that we used to run an intro for the show, you know, the first three members would hit the stage while the intro is playing, and then they'd hit this big open chord, and then that's when I'd come out. Right. And uh, as soon as they hit that chord, immediately felt like I was going to throw up everywhere. And, like, that, I'm no stranger to playing on stages. Right. I think it was more just because this was a, and I don't want to say legitimate stage. Or but it was a moment. Event. Yeah, it was very much a... This is it. We've finally made it to a bigger venue like at XL Live. Right. Because I think prior to that, we played uh, we played this bar over in Lancaster, and uh, they set us up in front of the bathrooms. Right. There was, oh. no, actu- there was no actual stage. Man, I could tell you some stories there was, about there, shows like that I've played. There was no actual stage. We got to this venue, and there was, you know, it, they sent me into the dining area and I was like, where's the stage? Where are we going to play? Like, this is a tiny little venue. And, um, my bass player was like, Oh, at eight o'clock they stopped dinner service. And then they're going to start taking all the tables and putting them out on the sidewalk. And so they started taking all the tables and chairs, and putting them out on the sidewalk. It was pouring down rain too. So all their tables and chairs are getting soaked. And they were like, this is where you're going to play. I was like, this is a tiny room in a bar. I mean, we did it, and it wasn't horrible. <laughs> but that that has that old school. We're gonna play anywhere, turn anything into a stage kind of place. It, it very but much it had also that punk feel. Also, do any of us need to do that anymore? Like I say that because Ghostlight, we play a few places on the stages. We pack in. We played the uh, uh, Big Chill Cantina down in in uh, Delaware this past weekend, and. Uh, for the holiday weekend and number one amazing time amazing place like one of the best shows i think i've ever done with that band or any band i mean it was just everything was everything clicked and everything's right and everybody was into it but we also are backed up to like a fountain area like an outdoor fountain area where you know water sculpture thing and and like tucked behind next to where my bass player stands next to the end of the bar the back bar Um, people were trying to sit there like it seems awful but somehow we make it where I mean, there's tables right in front of us, almost as a little like walkway dance area. We have dancers for that band, yeah. And they all had to stay in the you know behind, and it seems weird, but it was awesome. But at the same time, we played a much bigger room the night before at Bethany Blues, which great people, great great time. You know, they they treat us well, but there was a very light crowd. Okay. The Friday of a holiday weekend at the beach. Yeah. Everybody's either getting there late or getting there the next morning because it's a three-day weekend, and it really wasn't out. And it's a huge room with the house sound, and, I mean, it looks amazing. They put a giant – they have a giant projection screen for TV. They put our logo up behind us the whole time. It's, like, you know, 10 foot tall. It's great. Yeah. No energy in there because nobody was there. Yeah. So we went from a place that has a legit state, four-foot-high stage and a big open room to a tiny room where we had one of the best shows we've ever done. Now, now here's a, a question for you. If you can narrow it down to one, what's the weirdest place you've ever played? The weirdest place? Huh. That's uh, that's an interesting question because I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I can think of two that jump out. One was a great time, but also kind of back in the back of a bar area. We the bathrooms were immediately to our right mm-hmm. in fact my bass player because he was wireless went in there and took a piss in mid-song <laughs> while still playing the song we looked there like where the hell's bill <laughs> and I, went, I think he's in the bathroom the bass never stopped he just one-handed it just the whole went, time yeah. um 
and we had a great time, but it was an earlier show for us, like when we were first getting going, and it just seemed weird that we were playing in the back of the room next to the bathrooms, like yeah. like we were an afterthought, but we, people were having. But I think the, not the weirdest, but the creepiest place I played was a place in Bedford, PA, called the Hurry Sundown. It's an old, like, Main Street hotel. Like, bat, you'd think you walk in the door, like in a Western or something, where the, you walk in the door, and right there's the bar that runs by. It's very small. Yeah. And there's, you know, a staircase that used to be for the hotel rooms. Yeah. And we played in the back room, and they had a stage of force, but we walked in. There was a guy sitting at the bar, and he said, what kind of music do you play? And we told him, back then we played all kinds of stuff, you know, from pop punk to heavy rock to whatever, you know, Blink to Limp Bizkit. It didn't matter, you know what yeah. I mean? And he looked at us. he goes, oh, well, you guys are going to suck, and turned one back to his drink. That was the first thing someone said Jeez. to us. And then the wives and girlfriends that were with us were just getting, like, inappropriate comments at, sent to them when they walked by. and all. It was just, they all just huddled at the table and didn't move. Yeah. They went to the bathroom, went in groups. Like, it was... Just a weird, creepy vibe, and I we we did our gig, and we never went back. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things like they're like, "Yeah, we'll have you back." Yeah, no, you won't. And that was you know, eighteen years ago or something. I haven't even gotten near the place. Probably not even open anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I've been in some places that had weird layouts and things like that, but that was that was the most unnerving like feel of a show. We had a great show as I remember. I don't know. We drank a lot those days. <laughs> we I think we played really well, but the whole experience was just like not ever again. We're never doing this again. Right. I don't know if I've ever really had a situation where it, it was like creepy like that or, you know, extremely disrespectful. Um but you know, setup wise, I'd I'd have to say one of the weirdest for me was Johns Hopkins University. And Okay. Uh, it was with Shoes to Fill, and they were having, like, this summer, like, fest, or it was a spring fest, some kind of festival they were having, and it was hot as shit outside, and they had this awesome stage, and we got there the day before we were supposed to play, um, to go check out the other bands and the whole event and see what was going on, and, um... We were like, oh, that stage is awesome. It was this huge, you know, rent rental stage that they had gotten. And um, so we we spent the day there, and we came back the next morning to, you know, set up for our set. And we pulled up our van to the, that stage, and the guy's like, what are you doing? And we're like, well, we're shoes to fill. We're going to be playing here. And he's like, oh, no, you guys are at, at the other area. And this other, quote-unquote, other area uh was just on the sidewalk in front of a set of steps that went up to some hall huh. and we had very limited electricity we were running extension cords out of the light posts that were relatively close like everyone at Johns Hopkins was like trying to find extension cables for us so that we could ex- then plug in our surge protectors so we had enough outlets for pedals and amps and uh. things like that. And like I said, it was in the summer, so it was hot to begin with. And we're playing in direct sunlight. And Yeah, I've done a couple of those. It was it was a very interesting like th- right. that's why I say like the weirdest place that I could say I've played. It was not it was not what you thought you were getting into and it certainly isn't ideal for musicians, but Yeah, I mean, and we've all We've all had a sidewalk show in our days. Oh, yeah. Like, I've played on sidewalks numerous times, but um, 
I don't know. It was just like the whole situation of having to run, you know, cables out of light posts that were somewhat close. We must have used about seven or eight extension cables. See, folks, this is what people don't understand what goes on with bands. Like, oh, you guys just play and go home, right? Nope. There is always something at every gig. Our gig tonight, there will be some little thing. We're like, ah, shit. Uh, We've done this before. Why do we forget that? It just happens. Um, Everybody thinks it's a... Well, I see you guys set up, and then you go home, and there's nothing else to it. Oh, there's a lot to it. Oh, there's yeah. less for us to play tonight than there is for a full band, or you know. But there's always a story, uh, and sometimes those stories are just, you know, monotonous. Uh, this is how bands set up PA. This is what you have to do. This is what you have to bring in. This is when you have to leave. I mean, there's just as much logistics for a full band like Fell from Zero, or even when we play a four pieces nailed it, yeah. as there is for, on paper, there's the same stuff to do is a big band playing at a concert venue. There's just more at a concert venue. Yeah. There's more gear. There's more guys. But at the end of the day, it's somebody has to be there to set up PA. Someone has to set up the instruments. Someone has to, you have to get there at a certain time, load in, load out. It's it's a lot of, there's a lot of business in a two-hour, three-hour gig. Yeah. Two-hour, three-hour gigs are six, seven-hour nights. Yeah. Nobody understands that. Never mind practice and everything else. So anytime everybody tells you like, oh, you just do that for fun. I do do it for fun. But I choose to do all the other stuff that goes along with it to have that fun. Right. I don't think it'd be as enjoyable if it was a job. Yeah. Like, I'd love to say I was a professional musician, but all that extra stuff makes it work. Yeah. And when it's work, is it fun anymore? Sure, some people have fun at their job. Oh, yeah. I don't think, say, you know, Axl Rose, who's not a fan. I don't know why I thought that up, brought that up. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big fan. Or Slash, or, you know, any of those guys. I don't think those guys go, man, my job sucks. Right. Maybe at one point they were like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore, but that's a level. You get to a certain level. Dave Grohl is not unhappy with his life. Oh, no. He may be unhappy with things that have happened to him, especially recently. Right. Um, but like we talked about earlier, the new Foo Fighters album came dropped today. Uh, and from what I've heard so far, it's a it's a well-written goodbye to their friend and using music to deal with it. Right. But he's not complaining about where he is in his life. Right. Um, I don't know that... That's a small percentage. Nobody, you know, people think, oh, there's talent everywhere, rock stars everywhere. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like professional athletes. Yeah. seems like there's a ton of guys on a football team, and there's how many football teams alone, well, but that's still like 2% of the population Yeah, that could play that, can, you know, it's a weird thing. I, I don't know. I'd rather not talk about the business. That, business stuff just makes everything boring. Yeah. Delete this part, folks. No, I'm just <laughs> However, I do want to talk about something that we did that was fun. What did we do? We went down to the old Craft Haven oh, campground, yes. <laughs> uh, my home away from home, and and uh, you're don't get to visit as much spot that you like. Very much and, become, uh, becoming a second home for me as well when I get to go down and visit, and everyone is excited that I come down. Yeah, they they know who Jake is now, um, and that's a good thing. And we uh, we had our friends Phys Ed, uh, which is our friend Ed Allison of Lindhurst and several other things. Our friend Eric McNeil, who uh, Recently, of Gunmetal Grays and Screaming Daisies locally. He's been in a billion other bands as a drummer. Uh, my friend Josh Wolpert, who has been around forever, just got back into it recently. And uh, they run as a three piece. They do a little bit of everything. But our friend Dave Heisey of Hit Show, oh, Dave Heise. another you know campsite regular and, and, and resident like myself, um, he got in for the whole show. And man, what a good time we had. Like, for a guy who's on stage, I had just played two shows in Rehoboth and had to drive right to the campground for the ne- that Sunday night gig and, yeah. you know, to be there for the day. And to go from always working, but I love entertaining people, I love doing that stuff on stage, 
to a legit show where we, regardless of how many times we got up and sang and played, and that's just the kind of thing it is, to just go have fun with a group of people that just wanted the same thing. Yeah. Craft Haven delivers every time when there's a band down there. Absolutely. Man, what a great time. Yeah, some drinks were flowing. We're having a good time. We're celebrating birthdays. Lauren's birthday, birthday my wife. Month. Birthday month was coming to a close. and I I mean, they didn't play anything badly. No. For guys who really don't practice or play together. Yeah. Like, everything was just fun. It was fun. just there. And it, man, it was fun to just, you know, that it was the random, all right, here, hey, you, Bob, sing. Jake, yeah. step up Well, that here. was like when we were And just turn around handing you, handing you stuff. Like, yeah, we were there counting the 50-50 tickets and everything, and Ed comes up and he's like, hey, you know how to play Bulls on Parade on bass, and just hands me the bass. And I was like, okay, here we go. I'm guess, playing bass. Yes, I'm playing bass now. <laughs> and, you know, and what a, like, what a just a top-notch time oh, yeah. around good people. And that's, man, I wish we could, we could have every show be like that and go to every show like that. And yeah. uh, I can't say enough good things about, having a good time with people around music like that just that means the world to me sometimes i oh i wanted i wish so badly somebody could have gotten the picture a picture of the very end of that show with all of us oh yeah with you know you me dave ed doing bodies oh yeah yeah but like that very ending where because i looked at one point and saw everyone standing you know Front, up front, yeah. front stage, where like you and I both arms around each other, just screaming to the crowd. I wish somebody could have got a picture, and of that. somebody may have, and it's a shame. I'll probably never see it. It's probably blurry and drunken. Oh yeah, uh, there there wasn't a too many dry uh, people in that that I was to say that room, but I mean it was the pavilion right next to the water like that, the open air, the moonlight, like just fireworks going off in the back. So, yeah, for no reason. Just as Memorial <laughs> Day, I guess. Just a good time and I again, I wish we could project that kind of energy at every show we do. And I guess in our heads we think we do, but yeah. I don't know, when you're on the outside looking in or the outside and get to come inside once in a while like we did, just oh, man, I so good. So much fun and that's what that place is for and hopefully we keep that vibe going down there. So, uh might have to do a, a campground episode. We should. Like live from the deck. We should. Um, in fact, we have some uh, good entertainment coming up. I, I, they're pretty much spaced out amongst the holidays down there. We don't go crazy because a lot of people spend extra time. Yeah. But July 2nd, which is the Saturday, uh, my friend Dave Gates uh, is playing solo. His solo acoustic thing, which is awesome. He's better than all of us. Um, <laughs> and he's only been doing like two years. It's sickening. I've talked about him before. But maybe that's a, a weekend to... That do, could be a very a, good one. Do, we could talk to Dave. Yeah, bring we Dave on the show. Bring Dave on the show and talk. Dave actually had a podcast before he got back into playing music. He, oh, uh, really? He's OG podcast. Fell from oh, zero, man. almost did it, and then he decided he was going to play out again instead of yeah. finishing the podcast. So he's he's been on many. He knows he ran one, been on him, he knows him. That would be kind of neat. Do a, a do a, a remote recording and yeah. talk to a musician and just – Listen to the waves crash and whatnot. Have a good time. That would be awesome. We'll have to talk about that. We'll have to figure that out. I was hoping we could play that weekend, but it looks like that's not going to happen. So, yeah. Oh um, well. Other projects. Now that I, I'm, yeah, I see our times. That are uh, our time is well. We're we're yeah. way past what I'm going to edit down, folks. Um, if you guys only knew what gets cut out. So I guess other projects. Yeah. That yeah. we've got going on. Yeah, we right need to now. talk about this because we mentioned we mentioned this last podcast because our last podcast was heavy on our our Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior Caleb and the Beartooth. 
and uh, and their new song that had dropped and whatnot, and our love of that band, and just our our histories with it. We had mentioned that we've been joking around about a bear tooth tribute for a long time, which we were going to name Tooth of the Bear. Uh, after that podcast, we actually made some steps to get some members, and we added on our friend Craig Hartzell on guitar and our friend uh, Jimmy Everly on drums, who I both those guys I play with in my Breaking Benjamin tribute next to nothing, so I know their caliber. Um, they were well. Craig was all for because oh, Craig, yeah. Craig kind of knows to do it for a while. Now. He kind of knows how to play most of the songs anyway, just because he learned them. Jimmy's like, I don't know uh, that much Beartooth, but yeah, hell yeah, I mean, which is good because <laughs> Jimmy's the drummer for that. Yeah. Um, we uh, we have a tentative location. Yes. I spoke with Nick, uh, who uh, runs the booking at Love Drafts Mechanicsburg, does a lot of big shows these days. And when I brought it up to him, he was absolutely into it and said he could definitely find us a date. We don't know when that could be. I'm, I honestly late 2023, early next year. Um, we have to have time to actually get the songs down. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to have basically a metalcore tribute night. Yes. Um, Jake has reached out to our friends in um, Dinosaurs in Paris, Dinosaurs in Paris uh, yeah. who are 100% on board to do an in a, uh, a day to remember set. Yep. Uh, as long as dates line up and stuff, and yeah. uh, we'd like to get some other bands on there that. They could do some stuff, so it's in the works. It's happening. It's really it, happening. It is happening. <laughs> we might even have to have ourselves. We're, we're, we were messing around with logos and just Jake oh, and I like to merchandise, even really for like do. a one show. We so, do. So it, we're we're definitely it, it's exciting that that's coming. And of course, I know you spent like the next three days after that we decided on it. You were probably learning every song. Oh yeah. Hey, well, well, you're kind of learning them on bass at the moment, huh? Yeah. We we do need a bass player when this airs. If anybody's interested, uh, and before anyone asks why, I didn't ask Tim. Uh, I didn't think I should just bring the next to nothing crew over <laughs> and replace Donnie with Jake. I didn't think that was really the best idea, um, although I don't think they care. Um, also, Tim seems like a busy man. Ed keeps him from ever having any free time. Lindhurst <laughs> plays every three days or something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, if the rice person wants to, I, I, I think we need another guitar player. Craig yeah. had mentioned that in our group message that, that those songs need two guitars. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not that kind of guitar player. I, don't, I, I can't fill what you could do. Right. Um, a song or two be one thing, not the whole show. So hopefully we can find the right bass player, and or we figure something out where we got to switch around. Yeah, we'll do it. But it's gonna be a. It will gonna, happen. You're gonna have two Caleb's at that show, people. We, we got we have uh, maybe someday I'll post those pictures I post in our group about oh. <laughs> which Caleb, which which one of us are. Uh, hilarious. I'll put that on our TikTok. Oh. Um, but uh, it's I'm looking forward to that for something that's only slightly on the books. We know what song we pick. Songs we're gonna play and. We know a venue is happening and what kind of show we want to build, but there's nothing concrete yet. Yeah, I'm overly excited about what it can be. So, oh, I am too. And I think what you and I have discussed, how we're going to do this vocally, because anybody who listened to the last episode knows what we think of Beartooth. We know, you know how much we love Caleb's writing and his vocals, and that's a one man doing that, although we know live there yeah. is some help from the guitar player and stuff, but... For Jake and I to do what we want with this band, we are both going to have to be the lead singer at different parts yeah. of the same song. And I don't know anybody who does that, especially as a tribute or a cover yeah. band. Like original show stuff, sure. So I'm really excited about the work that'll get into yeah. because I think we both have unique ability to sound like him in different spots of the songs. Right. And I'm... That's exciting to me. That's something new for me. It's not me doing all the work. And same for me. Like, it, not only that, I've wanted to do a project that plays, a, yeah, that plays heavier music. Like, I was in a thrashy punk band. Right. 
but that wasn't the the heaviness I was looking for. Right. Like Light the Lamp was the heaviest band I was in. But that was a different style. That was of heavy. a different style of heavy. Yep. Where I would I've been wanting to do something like this for a long time and being that it's one a tribute band to my favorite band. Right. Correction, our favorite band. And we two, can share. And two, and two, it gets to be with you that we get to share the love for the tooth. And and on top of that, I mean, branching that out, we know Craig loves that band. It, yeah. Uh, in fact, he got to go see him on this tour. We did not. I know. So oh, so mad. <laughs> if only the video was up. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, and kind of introducing Jimmy to all these songs, like yeah. he has a passing, you know, knowledge of them. Not really, so he knows of them. He listened. He had to have listened to enough of the stuff after our initial conversation to be like, yeah, I, I definitely can be into that. Yeah. So he also is desperate to play drums. <laughs> Caught him playing country a couple months ago. I'm just oh, saying. No. Don't Says do the it. guy who plays country every weekend. <laughs> probably play some tonight. No big deal. So yeah, that that's really exciting and. uh that's layered on top of us both being very busy with other stuff. Obviously, you're keeping super busy with the wrestling and yep. and music, writing your own stuff. I'm super busy with just performing with Ghostlight and trying to find time to play with my other friends. Yeah, I want to go to the park with my other friends, Mom. <laughs> um, but it's good that we can find that common ground. Hell, I have a Fell From Zero show coming. In fact, this will air probably right before that on June 17th in um, – Hagerstown, Maryland. I am playing a big benefit. Uh, uh, Rock me, don't shake me. Um, it, it's it's exactly what it sounds like, uh, and you should look into it. They're an amazing organization, amazing people. Um, we had to miss one last year, unfortunately, because of my schedule. But otherwise, we played pretty much every year. It's just a great all day thing. It's at Antietam Brewery, which is new for the last well three years. This will be the third year they're doing it there. Big outdoor event, very cool thing, worth the money because it all goes to the cause and. Uh, so that's coming up because we don't do a lot of stuff anymore. So we got a set there. Got some company, some new brewery slash restaurant uh, in PA in Greencastle, just north of Hagerstown in July. So Fell From Zero is still alive and kicking. I get to go up there and belt out some screamo. Fell From Zero. Yeah, I get to I get to do some some slip knots and some bolt for my Valentine's. And First then like band, the next night, the next night I'll go sing some Garth Brooks or something. But it's fine. <laughs> it's all about entertainment, folks. So. Got that coming up, and of course the nail to gigs and Ghost Light's super busy. You can find all that stuff on Facebook. Um, Jake obviously releases his songs as they come on Spotify and puts little links up on the Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And I mentioned a couple weeks or a couple weeks ago, episode or two ago, that we were definitely going to get a TikTok going. Yep. Um, we do have that. Obviously, the nailed it, nailed it. The band on Facebook. You can find where we're playing and when the podcast stuff. We kind of roll that all into one. Um, lots of ways to. F- find what we're doing that isn't just this little podcast. thing that we're doing that, you know, that's just on the podcast. Cause Jake and I are very busy guys. Hopefully we will be having some sort of collaborative music here. Yes. Hopefully we can get that song working. I know you just recorded a cover this week. I did. Uh, and tell the folks what that is. Cause we may actually tack that onto the podcast. Yeah. We'll tack that on. At the Everybody can hear at the end of the podcast recording. Uh, I had recently done a cover of the Fleetwood Mac, classic the chain yes you did a song we tend to do in any form every time we get on stage or in a room where there's a band playing or just one of us acoustic that seems to come out every time i'm sure we'll play it later oh absolutely so it's just and it's a phenomenal cover folks and we'll make sure it's up there and uh at that point you'll have to go search for links and stuff to listen to it but uh when he gets it up i don't know how that works with covers i don't know how you 
distribute those. Yeah, there's a whole thing to go through on uh, the business. Dis- yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had I had wanted to cover a Fleetwood Mac song again the way I wanted it to sound and the way. It, right. And I know I think we had talked about this. Um, last on, episode, I think we did for covers. We may have talked, or the previous one. No, sorry, it was the first episode. Uh, look, first we don't even know what we talk about. <laughs> but are we, um, are we saying the same thing? <laughs> well, like I had said in a previous episode about how I want to do covers the way I think they should sound. Right. Um, I am a very, very big Fleetwood Mac fan. Uh, I would say I developed a love for them. Uh, Over the last uh, three years. Three ago. years. Yeah. We uh, know why. Go on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um. But you know we have been pl- we've been playing this song for now a couple years, years. yeah. And uh, I had always liked the way I had heard it played on the uh, version, the live version that they did on the uh, the album called "The Dance," which is the version that um, the drop D version. Yeah, the drop D version, which is the version that we play. It's the version Hot and Dangerous plays. Um, and I wanted to do my own version of it. And I had heard other covers of it, which, by the way, I heard Three Days Grace's version of it, which I didn't know was a thing. You didn't? Oh, the, when Adam was still in the band? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the version I wish I could sing. Really? I love the, like, well, I mean, I like his voice because it's got that uniqueness to it. I oh, yeah, absolutely. set him apart, and he just, that, like, hits all the buttons of why his voice works for me, mm-hmm. that cover. And why they never really released it as a single, like you have to go searching for it, really, because yeah. it was just a live recording. I think he did in a studio, something like that. You know, he sat in like we're doing now, and they recorded it, so it had feeds, but it wasn't like they went to the studio and mixed mastered. He just played it, did it, and there it is. Yeah. In fact, I'm gonna listen to that in the way they showed it. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I so I had heard that, and I had heard a couple other versions of it, and I was like, it's there's something that's just not there that I wish. Could, that could be there, right? Which is what then led me to sit down and record my own version of it, um, which is what you've heard. What I've heard, yes. Uh, you know, a lot more heavy guitar and a lot more anger dang, drums. dang. <laughs> uh, but yes, so I was very happy with the way it turned out, and which is why I immediately sent it to you with zero context behind the yeah, message. No. I just see, I see a voice message <laughs> from Jake. Well, this is a song. I don't know what it is, but it's, <laughs> it's always a song. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I really, I really, I, re- I really appreciate it. And I, that's exactly what, as you said, it, I could. It was what you wanted. Your spin of it, but yeah. not veering from the. Like it's very much uh, Jake de- doing a cover of Fleetwood Mac. Right. And uh, and again, we talked about how we like when people do something a little different, but don't. Mm-hmm. But you still recognize the song. Yeah. Um, I just heard this morning. I'm a big fan of the band Boyce Avenue. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, or not. Yeah, they yeah. do a ton of amazing acoustic stuff. It just really got me in a, a good place when I started doing acoustic stuff because it, it the guy's voice is just... Oh, he's got a great voice. Amazing. And they do... I mean, they're not lighting the world on fire with some of the way they do the songs, but they do them... It sounds like a Boyce Avenue song, but it's right. a cover. They released the cover of Sex on Fire by oh, okay. Leon. It just released this morning. Oh, just, uh, just cool. Like there's, they're not reinventing the wheel with the song. It just works, you know. Right. It, it, with the way he sings it, and I just, I really enjoy when people do, just enough, you know. Yeah. Like, and again, we had a whole, 
rant about T-Pain and how oh. things can go the wrong way. Oh. So, I mean, I don't want to rehash old old episodes, but Get me yeah. fired up again. So, anything else that you want to get out there or you've been listening to or doing before we wrap her up today? Oh, yes. Uh, two things that I actually discovered. One is just me discovering technology. Um, <laughs> I had seen this on TikTok. Blew my mind for Spotify users. Spotify now has this AI DJ thing. Yes. Have you have you used this? I did. I did. Um, Lipped me out the first I time. I did I it before it. I saw the TikToks coming up. Oh, really? And I was like, this is... Grippy. This is weird, yet reminds me of my childhood of listening to the radio. Yeah. Um, and then I saw some guys just losing their minds about it. Like, this is... Either most people were like, this is the coolest thing ever. Other people were like, it's Skynet. I'm like, <laughs> the internet is Skynet. Google, who I love... Google is my favorite thing in the world, but also might be making Terminators. As you side-eye the Chromebook sitting over yeah. here. <laughs> I'm looking at you, PC. We're um, all good, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like the first time I did it, I hit the button, and it's like, hey, Jake. And I was like, oh, I don't like that you know my name. <laughs> Why do you know my name and everything I like? Because of the algorithm, sir. But now, well, like now, that's the only thing I use on Spotify is this like DJ thing because I love the mix of it. Right. Because I've gone through like I have a playlist on my Spotify. Yeah. That is. You play it and you play it and you play it. Yeah. Most of my stuff is either stuff I want to listen to, like you know your bare tooth, breaking bends, whatever, or it's stuff I have to learn, which is like my ghost light list, and it mixes all that stuff together. So yeah. I'm not surprised when I put a random shuffle of songs on, and all of a sudden there's a you know, Blake Shelton song that I'd never heard before. I'm like, why is this play? Oh, cause I had to learn one of his songs and I listened to it so much. I, it skews my algorithm. So I'm a little afraid of getting deep into the AI DJ. Cause it's going to play stuff that I don't want to hear. I, I had to laugh because like throughout the AI DJ, it'll, there'll be a segment where the DJ is like, all right, here's a mix of songs that we know you like. And <laughs> for me, it did, oh, it, it did bad listener. And then it played Alice Cooper, and then it went right to Fun, Fun, Fun by the Beach Boys. It's it's checking all the boxes for you. <laughs> checking all the boxes. Yeah, it's a neat feature, and I, I want to delve into it a little more. And um, It is super cool, though. I find myself spending so much time listening to podcasts, I don't listen to music as much as I right. used to. It used to be, you know, the drive, oh, got to get music on. Now I'm like... Let's hear what interesting, I do mostly same. nerdy shit that I need to hear this week. Listen, what does Kevin Smith have to say this week, basically? I listen to, uh, recently I've been listening to one podcast, and it's um The Basement Yard. Okay. And I started listening to them because of uh, because of TikTok, because they, they pop up on my TikTok all the time. I've probably sent you videos of the two of them. It's the two dudes that argue all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Joe Santagato and Frankie Alvarez. Um, But they're... Like the concepts to their podcasts are very similar to ours, where it's just kind of like two guys just shooting the shit and talking about what they yeah talk about that week. And like they might have somewhat of a topic to talk about. Right, we did that once. We did that one it, time. It was, it was it was it was magical. It was structured. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I appreciate structure. I also appreciate just shooting the shit and recording it. Yeah. So um, you know. but yeah, but like, we're, I, we're, we're young. Oh we yeah. Well, one of us. <laughs> but uh, I do I, I do the same. Like I I put one of their episodes on if I'm driving. Like when I drove down here, I had one of their episodes on. Oh, it's great because you just, you're listening and it's not, mm -hmm. it's almost not as distractive as music can be. Yeah. Because music, I'm rocking out and just oh, jamming absolutely. out and then, oh shit, like, like when I drove I out, my exit. When I drove out to Pittsburgh 
what was it, two, three weeks ago now? Right. Went to go vi- visit Lauren at school. I, that, that's all I listened to. Was I think I went through like almost three, four well, episodes. I was, I was catching up on some because I only really started getting into the COVID made me get into podcasts because there was just a lot more. So yeah. I started backfilling in the stuff and just going back. But I've caught up with the shows I regularly listen to. So now I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're going to put an episode this week. <laughs> what else can I find? And I find other ones I do like to get into, but. Um, oddly enough, I don't listen to a lot of music ones, which you'd think I would. Yeah. I listen to, I, most of my stuff is either pop culture stuff. Cause that's what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find myself like listening to, like I listen to one called inside of you, um, uh, by Michael with Michael Rosenbaum, who, if anybody goes back, uh, the one thing he seems to be most well known for, he played Lex Luthor in the show Smallville. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, he's a, been a pro, pro, uh, prolific actor. He does a lot of voice acting stuff. Hell, he was the flash for a long time in the justice league animated. Like oh, he's that's done a lot right. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot um, about that. But he he basically has he went through a whole lot of mental stuff. Once he got help, COVID really made him go see a therapist, and yeah. he found talking to people just bullshitting, you know, like we do. But you know, he's asking them stuff, but he's not. It's not like a normal interview show, right? And he gets all these people he worked with or newer guys, and I really appreciate hearing how he just has a conversation about stuff with, and he's very candid, and they they open up, and it's a it's a cool thing. Yeah. But you learn a lot of inside stuff about how shows are made mm-hmm. and movies. And now I find myself watching movies and shows. I'm like, Oh, well there was the cut. Right. Oh, they clearly reshot that. Like, Oh no, I can't. Now I can't even enjoy my entertainment. <laughs> now I'm trying to direct it. Like I have any skill at that, but I, I found myself really enjoying interview podcasts where it's talking to actors that are in things I like. Right. Like I found out a bunch of stuff about actors from shows I watched when I was a kid. That I never would have known because, like, how was I supposed to know they grew up in France or whatever? Right. I didn't look into that. Not that I needed to, but it was neat to hear this, oh, you're not going to talk about the space thing you were in, you know, that I grew up on. We're going to talk about, like, when you went to acting school or who you knew growing up. Like, I really enjoy stuff like that, so his is really nice, and I occasionally listen to the It's Always Sunny podcast. I love that Um, show. (laughs) But I just... I, 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 there's something about listening to it versus seeing those guys mm-hmm. that changes it for me. I love there as actors, at least on the show, when they're doing their thing, there's a certain physicality about it that I know I like to see Charlie do his thing or, oh, yeah. you know, and hearing them, it's still funny, but it, it almost isn't the same. So I don't listen to it as often, but I do really enjoy that. Cause it's just, those guys are nuts. Oh, absolutely. And it's the best. I, I, I but I don't, and I listen to again, Kevin Smith's stuff. I, pretty much devour anything he does. Um, Fat Man Beyond's my favorite because I like to hear him and Mark talk, and it's just so – they just did their 400th episode. Just finished listening to it this morning. Um, that was the first show I of his I had gotten into um, when it was still Fat Man on Batman. Batman. Which they were talking about how that was a much different show when it started. It was him interviewing people who worked on Batman in yeah. some form and somehow became this much yeah. bigger thing. And it's Yeah, the first episode of that I watched was him and Paul Dini. And that's talking about uh, the animated series, but then it, it was super neat. If you ever, if I remember it, I'll send it to you. Uh, that specific episode, like they came up with this concept for a Batman show that was awesome. And it'll never see the light of day. No. Yeah, they do that a lot too. They'll go over stuff and people ask them questions and the newer episodes of him and Mark and they're like, well, here's my thoughts. Yeah. And Kevin just getting mad like, Mark, <laughs> stop giving away fucking gold, man. You can sell that. Uh, I just, and I listen, he does Hollywood Babylon. Oh, yeah. Which is just basically a half-hour shot of them just telling news and stories and yep. laughing, which is fun. I enjoy hearing Kevin Smith speak. Oh, I do too. So I, it just makes it fun. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, that's the kind of stuff I find myself listening to, but I, I need to complete stuff when I start. Mm -hmm. So I went, that's another one. I went back and listened to pretty far back, probably two years worth of stuff before COVID. I just went back and came through. Caught up. They were very uh, on it like once a week during COVID because they did Zoom shows and stuff. And so there was new content all the time, but I, I'd go back and catch it whenever I can, but it's just nice to listen to things like, I think the beauty of podcasts, I think that's why I want to do one for so long, is you can find something for everything you like. Oh, yeah. Like, hopefully this turns into something that people want to that people listen to every time, and not just our friends going, oh, yeah, they're doing, I like to hear it. Uh, you know, and I understand there's two guys rambling for two hours that I cut down to 45 minutes. <laughs> but I hope that we're, someone's getting something out of this that yeah. they get. Like, uh, we spent our first couple of episodes telling our live stories, so to mm-hmm. speak, and how we got into this. And eventually we can't keep rehashing that, or we will be Kevin Smith. Right. Guy smoked a lot of weed, and he just tells the same story a lot. But oh, he does. On every podcast. Like, you oh, listen yeah. to Babylon, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the next pod, like this 400th one. Oh, I just did Babylon last night with, with Ralph. Why, I'd listened to that already. Yeah. And he starts telling the same stories about uh. what, what's been going on. I'm like, I just heard these stories, and you just told a crowd in real time the night before. Um, I don't want to get to be that guy, but I do want to. I do hope for this that we keep it going and that people Oh, absolutely. people find a reason to listen to it and I've been saying since we started this and I know for the seven listeners we get per episode all you guys got to do is send us a message Facebook us personally on the the nailed it page messages on TikTok wherever you're finding us you know I think you can even message like you might be able to message people when you're listening to it, like on Spotify and stuff I think so if you have like something you want to hear us talk about or something you're curious about or someone you want us to talk to, whatever, a topic we should discuss, hey, we're not we're not monsters. We'll, we'll take Send it. Send us your questions, suggestions. Well, and like we say, it shows. We'll take any request. We probably can't play it, but we'll take the request because that's polite. So if you want you want to request us to do something on the show, we'll consider it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's just how it is. So I think, I think there's much room to grow and things that we can do with this and- I know there's lots of podcasts that probably have a script, more or less. Yeah. Hey, at 10 minutes, we got to switch this. At 12 minutes, we're going to do some news. At whatever. I, I don't know if we'll ever get there, and maybe we will. Maybe we'll have segments. Right. But I do I do enjoy doing this as often as we can. Uh, yeah. so. uh, and, and then I guess lastly, uh, before I shut up and we close everything out, uh, Mr. Melody uh, update. Yes, yes. I, we got way off what was going on. We have a, uh, we have one, a, a new Mr. Melody update. Um, an order is being put in this week for the print. Excellent. Now, you guys may remember we talked about Jake had hoped uh, at our last podcast was right the week of Free Comic Book Day, which is the beginning yep. of May, and he had hoped to have that out that day, and there were some printing issues, so it yeah. didn't happen. So this is a fantastic update. Uh, yep. So we are going to be putting an order in a putting in an order. I can talk. Um, for sure. <laughs> at least trying my best. Right. Uh, for it, it depends. We're we're doing a, a little bit of a fundraiser to bring up just a couple more bucks to get a couple more copies. Um, at minimum, we're getting twenty five copies in to start, and then uh, if we can get a couple more in, we're gonna try and shoot for fifty. And uh, our goal is July twenty second. Is there a particular date for that, or just because that's when they'll be done? No. Uh, so that is for. Uh, complete in box in Ephrata, who has been so nice to us since the start of Paranoia Comics, like with Necroman and everything right. like that. Like we've done signings there 
tons of times. Um, we were just there for a free comic book day with Necroman. Right. And um, they're doing an anniversary uh, of the store. And uh, which, by the way, I'll have to bring up to you then. Um, they, we want to do a release there for Mr. Melody. Oh, cool. Um, there's also talk about, you know, live music there. Oh, well. So. Well, um, I know a guy. Yeah. And I saw their post and I was like, well, <laughs> funny enough. I'm going to be there anyway. I have a book about a music guy, but I know a music guy as well. But um, yeah, so July 22nd, we are shooting for, and uh, like I said, we are putting in an order this coming week. And uh, from then on, once we get a, uh, once we get, you know, shipping info and tracking and delivery and all that, um, I'm sure by the next time we do the next episode, we'll either have a delivery date or, you know, in a perfect world, we uh, have the books themselves that we can do like a on recording uh, reveal, review. You can check them out, see what you think of the pages and all that fun stuff. Excellent. And of course, I have a show the 22nd, but it would depend on timing and. I, I mean, I think uh, they're shooting for like afternoonish, and like we could day. if they if something they want to do with music, I'm available because uh, it's actually a local show. It's Burning Bridge, so oh sweet! I just have to be back in the the Eastern York area by seven o'clock. So. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, I will look into getting if not the two of us together, maybe like us as separate solo uh, sets if they want to fill up time that way. But I'll. I'll I'll, I'll work out some details with them. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, so that is my Mr. Melody update. Uh, books will be here um, and shooting to be released July 22nd at Complete and Box in Ephrata, Pennsylvania for their uh, anniversary sale. Sweet, 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 sweet. So it's finally coming, folks. It is finally coming. You know, if I would have got, got off my ass three months ago and finished that pinup, maybe I could have got it in the issue. That'll but, be a variant cover. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know if the quality of that's going <laughs> to be I haven't even shown it to you yet. We, uh, we will have a, vari- a B variant because a lot of times we've done this a few times with Necroman where we'll do a A cover, a B variant, and a C variant. So, Oh, well, I mean, maybe I should get to it. There you go. Uh, other than that, I think that wraps up all the current news for me. Uh, I don't have anything current other than I'm just filthy busy with shows, like always. Uh, busy summer as as it always is. I got Thursday night gigs coming up now. Several Sunday night gigs on top of the Fridays and Saturdays I play. So a lot of Ghost Light Radio show coming up and some nailed it sprinkled in there. Yeah, for, we got a couple of effort uh, shows coming. Yeah, up. yeah, we got that coming up, which uh, that was just recently booked. Like just a lot of. A lot of here and there is just a yeah. play out. I do love to play out. Like I said, could have been canceled. I canceled tonight, and I could have been sipping beers with my wife at the campground. But nope, I like <laughs> to be on stage. Um, other than that, what do I? I think, yeah, I think next up for me is our shows in Ephrata. Right, and then Fredericksburg Eagle is coming up at some point. I still need to get in touch with them about dates because there was they were kind of like penciled in. But, but were they? Yeah. Yeah. And we're trying to keep a much better schedule for Jake on our page. I uh, bought a book. He bought a book, and <laughs> I I, uh, I try to I try to make sure there's events up for him for the Facebookers out there. Because say what you want about Facebook, it's still the best place to find a schedule for a band. It really is. Nobody who has websites anymore. Yeah. 
corporate America, maybe. But, yeah, I don't think there's anything too much coming up. I mean, hopefully we can get that, that uh, holiday weekend podcast in. Yep. Although, when we do that one, I will be, before it makes air, our next episode, I will be going to see Yellow Card in Baltimore. Oh, that's July right. July 5th, which I'm really looking forward to because they're, they're hitting all the old stuff for as an anniversary. I love all how these bands are had their albums out long enough now they're doing anniversary tours because they just play the whole album. I'm like, yeah. I think so. next next show for me is Incubus, I think. Huh. That, Yellow Card casino. actually is the last like ticketed concert I have that isn't local this year. For me, it's... Which is weird. Incubus and tickets that I have in my possession are, after that, is uh, Rob Zombie. It's Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper together. Well, see, that actually makes sense. <laughs> Those two things, two great tastes that go great together. And they filter. are the Reese's of, oh. That, they're the opener. Filter? It's Ministry. You mean the guys that were just that at were Love just Draft? At, yeah. It's Filter, Ministry, Alice Cooper, and Rob Zombie. Wow. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I might be busy that day, but I'm sure you'll have a great time. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and maybe maybe we'll get some time in the fall or something. Maybe the tooth will come back around and we'll be able to catch a show. One could we'll just fly to Europe or something. I had to miss out on Bullet for my Valentine last week. I'm very, uh, very upset about it, Jennifer. But my <laughs> wife was in uh, my wife was in Florida for a girls' a much needed, never taken girls' trip before, and I just felt some kind of way about going to Baltimore to see Bullet for my Valentine. But oh, that's right, like, I got because you and I were together that weekend. The day after, I was like. I really should have went. Like, yeah. what? Eh, what would it hurt? But yeah. she probably would have been very angry. So, we missed it. Oh well. Well, I think we're gonna cut it short because I'm pretty sure I got a lot of editing to do again. I think but we so. also have a show to do. We also so do have a show. To we do. can't just keep talking and talking. We have a place to be. So, I guess until next time, I'm Bob. I'm Jake, and we are nailed at the podcast. And we'll see you on the other side. Have a good one. Bye bye. Hey folks, as promised, here is Jake's cover of Fleetwood Mac's The Chain. Enjoy, and let us know on our Facebook page what you thought.
Together! 